our uh, second day of the Cumberland Lodge uh, Young Foundation Conference on Resilient Communities. We have been talking uh, about the potential avenues for building community resilience, including the uh, collaborative local citizenship, the role of arts and culture, uh, uh, the faith communities, sports, and this morning specifically, uh, we've been talking about business and corporations and their role uh, to build resilience in the face of disruptive uh, events and developments. And um, on this podcast, I am going to discuss with three of uh, distinguished speakers at the conference about the relationship between the businesses and the resilient communities. And I'm really pleased to welcome our speakers onto this podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Gordon, Director of Communications and Partnership at the Community Business Support Charity, Power to Change. Helen Carroll, Director of Community Strategy and Activation at the Cooperative Group. And Mihaila Kelman, the uh, P- Professor of Business and Society at Nottingham University Business School. Mark, Helen and Professor Kelman have uh, just been talking at the conference this morning about the relationship between business and resilient community and they discussed the, their ideas and experience in building community resilience with diverse uh, delegation of experts from wide range of sectors and academic field. Welcome to you all. Uh, thank you, thank you, you so much for joining me today. So I'm going to start with a question for you, Mark. So Power to Change aims to transfer communities through business-led solution by supporting community businesses right across England. What role do you think community businesses can play in improving social cohesion and uh, helping to build community resilience? Uh, yes, I like to use examples. I took an example in the conference just now around the area of Anfield, around Liverpool Football Ground. And there it was an area which was being allowed to benevolently fall apart. The housing was sort of being allowed to fall into disrepair um, around the football ground. And the, the community decided that they would not be uh, displaced and that they would be staying because they can't go anywhere. And they took over the very last asset in the area, which was a bakery run by a family. Uh, and through the profits from that bakery, they are now building a sustainable ecosystem um, comprising housing, comprising cafes. They are selling their pies to the football club and generally bringing pride back into an area that did not have much pride around. So this is an example of how a place where social ties are dissolving can be brought together by people coming together to run a business in a business-like manner. Thank you, Mark. And Helen, you have been at the cooperative group for 18 years now, which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And you are at the forefront of the group's extensive work with the communities. So what have you learned from this work about the role that businesses and and, uh, corporations can play in local communities? Yeah, um, yeah. obviously I've been at Co-op for a very long time, um, but because we're such an eclectic mix of businesses and it chimes with my personal values, um, it's an organisation that's quite hard to leave, to be fair. Um, but no, I've fa- the learnings that um, kind of I've taken along the way, and I shared some of those in, in the conference earlier, are really things like businesses need to work together rather than looking at communities of ways they can compete with each other and how their strategies can be delivered 
to communities, how they can help communities get their own strategies where they can deliver things. So I often say that we shouldn't throw stones, but we should ask others to collect them with us. And I think that's kind of one of the things I've learned along the way is actually if businesses got together to think about the assets and the funding that they have and how that could be deployed more cohesively to communities rather than in the silos that it is today what a difference that could make on the ground so that's one of the areas the other area is that really it's got to be more about throwing money over the fence so that's one of the biggest things I think kind of sits at the heart of the strategy that we have at co-op and that CSR is great as was discussed in in the conference but actually that's literally one part of the picture about how do businesses at the end of what they've done decide how they can do a little bit of good rather than how do they actually make the way they do business be something that's contributing to the local community and I think that's the integral thing is stopping it almost being something that is thrown over the fence from profits once they're made it's about in the way that we can do business whether that can really help to build community resilience as well. That's great. Professor Kalman, your research at Nottingham University Business School uses uh, participatory methodologies to explore community engagement and the relationships between uh, between business and society and you've also carried out research uh, in, in the number of different countries around the world. And um, what have this research revealed in terms of the rules and responsibilities of business and corporations in supporting communities? Well, I have done um, research in in the UK, but also in Japan, in the Philippines, um, Kenya, and and some other countries. And there's clearly a a series of of differences in the structural, institutional, and cultural uh, factors that affect the relationship between um, businesses and, and communities, but also in terms of the abilities to self-organize um, and, and to come up with grassroots social innovations to respond to crises, be they natural disasters, but also uh, economic, social, and other types of, of crisis. Um, so I think the, the kind of um, examples that I talked about this morning that focused on Japan uh, could be um, very insightful for other communities that are facing adversity and it could be economic deprivation or other types of, of, of crisis, not necessarily uh, natural disasters. What really impressed me in uh, Minami Sanriku, Japan, which is um, um, the place um, affected by the 2011 uh, tsunami um, that devastated the, the community, was the um, the kind of collective um, mentality, the idea of fairness and equity that drove the entire process of, of reconstruction. So with community, the community working with local businesses, uh, other um, outsiders, uh, other types of stakeholders in a very collaborative, cooperative fashion rather than um, you know, using the kind of market-driven paradigm that's so dominant. Um, and and the fact that the community not just owned the initiatives, but they co-delivered, they co-designed and co-delivered a number of, of services and initiatives with a, a large range of, of partners, and that gave the community a sense of pride in their um, 
place-based um, traditions, customs, um, and, and the way they were, uh, but also help to share this more widely so that these types of um, ideas and, um, and initiatives could be, um, um, other people can learn from them, not just in terms of um, disaster awareness, uh, but also in terms of reconstruction and, and building sustainability at the very heart of, of supply chains. Um, as far as, as what I've learned uh, from working with communities and businesses in this country, it seems to me that what's really missing in, in, in business is, is compassion. And also we tend to emphasize too much this idea of studying businesses and communities and the relationships between them in a very uh, abstract, disembodied, disembedded fashion. And I think what you have to do as an academic is take your affect, take your emotion uh, into the field. Um, and also through the methodology that um, I've, I've developed with the New Vic Theatre called Cultural Animation, we are able to encourage different ways of knowing, different types of, of, of knowledge. So. Uh, common sense intelligence, practical skill, as well as academic expertise are equally valued. And only like this you can actually start unpacking the, 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 the multiple um, facets of, of how businesses interact with communities, how community leadership um, has so much to offer to actually corporate um, leadership. So for me, it's turning the, the, the kind of the, the pyramid upside down and actually getting to look at what communities do and what businesses can learn from communities. Yeah. Yeah. I personally enjoyed your talk uh, at the conference. And uh, I, I have a question for, for you all. What do you ho hope might come out of this Cumberland large conference or resilient communities with the uh, Young Foundation and how do you think might it influence your own work and practice? Can we start with you, Mark? Uh, well, thank you. I've been very impressed by the level of questioning um, and the rigour um, that, that's come from the floor and it's clear to me that in the audience is not just uh, leaders in the sector but future leaders in the sector. So I would love to come back again and um, I would love that the people in the room have a greater awareness of how communities can come together to solve their issues through business solutions. So um, that is an outcome that I would like to see from this. Yeah, sure. We all hope so. And you, Helen? Um, I think what was um, great to hear this morning was how much partnerships are going to be key to this. So. Um, the, um, the people in the room who are from the community sector want business to see them as partners, um, not to be done to by business. And that is great to hear because obviously that's the way we're approaching um, the impact that we can help to have in community resilience. And I think something that needs to kind of be heard loud and clear from the business community is that you don't have to make your values compete with the value that you create. So there was a lot of talk this morning about, well, if businesses are only there to create a profit, how are we going to make things change? And actually, we need to get more vocal about the fact that being a business that's making communities resilient and making a difference is adding to the bottom line, not extracting from it. And if you do that in a way that really chimes with what communities want, then people will vote with their feet. So it's not a case of kind of one thing um, fighting against the other. Yeah. Um, Professor, 
Um, I was delighted to be invited in the first instance because I think there were very few academics um, uh, present uh, at the, uh, the conference. And um, for me, I think it's so important that we have not just a dialogue across various sectors, so academia, private sector, the community sector, but we start actually co-producing knowledge together. So we do a lot of knowledge exchange and knowledge sharing, and but it's, it's much more about co-designing an agenda at which everybody's an equal partner um, and everybody brings the expertise and the practical um, knowledge um, to the conversation. So it's been great to connect with so many people. Already they seem to be interested in some of the research that's going on at uh, the International Centre for Corporate Social Responsibility in, in Nottingham. And I'm sure that these relationships will continue beyond the conference. But it's been just a, a delight to, to hear the feedback and to get uh, involved in conversations with, with my colleagues at the conference. Yeah, sure. And it was really nice conversation. Uh, I just want to sum up this lovely discussion with you with one or two tips that you can tell the business maker who wants to, to make really like a huge impact on communities. Start with you again, Mark. Uh, well, look inside your own community. Look, uh, look at what is valuable to you. And it's often tied up in buildings um, and things which might be falling down. They may not look very beautiful, but they may have a residue of uh, memories for the community and if you feel strongly about those and if you think you can run them in a business-like manner you talk to your community and talk to Power to Change and we will help you make those something that you're proud of that will build make your places better places. That's great. Helen? Um, I think what I'd say to the, um, kind of the business makers is two things. One is to think about the assets that you've got that you could turn towards helping the local community. So not about how much money this is going to cost you, but what have you already got that you can turn towards that and make things happen. And the second one is, how can you understand what communities need? Don't sit there within the four walls of your business and make assumptions about what are the things that you need to do to communities. Get out there and find out what they need, like Mark just said. It's very similar, really. So uh, try and understand collective memory and place-based um, Indigenous knowledge uh, and, and get people to co-design a future that's kind of very much in sync with, uh, with, with the past but builds on the, on the present. And, and look for, the, for, for hidden assets. There's always so much around, you know, hidden knowledge. Hidden, if you unearth that um, and you make people see what they got in a different light, I think chances are you will be successful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mark, Helen, and Professor Clannan. Thank you for uh, sharing expertise with me and with the listeners. And I hope at some point in the future, like we can get the chance again to have you again in one of the Cumberland Lodge podcasts. Thank you. You can find out more about the Resilient Communities Project at cumberlandlodge.ac.uk. Please have a look at the read, watch, listen section for the uh, conference briefing, blog post, session recordings, and more, including the keynote conference address by Nick Pearson, head of the Parkrun Global. Cumberland Lodge is exploring resilient communities as part of its 2019-2020 series Inclusion and Opportunity. Cumberland Lodge report on resilient communities will be launched on the 22nd of September this year with uh, cross-sector recommendations for practitioners and policymakers. So please watch out for that. Thank you once more, my guests, and thank you for my uh, listening. Thank you.